with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Coming to you from the Coast and Oster Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Almost Wise Guys. It's our look at the upcoming Week 8 games across the NFL, and in this episode, we're going to cover your regular weekly picks, Andy's total prop tees, and also get to the news of the week. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's my main man, Andy, the prognosticator Atridge. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing all right, thank you. I'm doing all right. We had a, another mediocre week against the spread. You won game above 500, me sitting one game below 500. I'm quite happy Certainly though that I'm interesting I've, week on the gridiron. What's I, that? Well, I'm quite happy that I've I've now two weeks in a row at uh, above 500. I was beginning to question my wise guys ability uh, the first couple weeks of the season, but I'm starting to get on track anyway. Weird week last week though for well, sure, I, eh? Yeah, it was a weird week. It's uh, you know, it was a tough week for any handicapper, but it was an even tougher week for guys named Patrick Mahomes and and Maddie Ryan. Yeah, ooh, that's gonna hurt the that's Chiefs. A big hit, I think that's the a big most. hit to the league, man. Yeah, big hit to the league, oh, but big sure. hit. You know, the the Chiefs are in a pretty competitive division. The AFC is so wide open this year that they should be running away with it. And with Mahomes dealing with you know first the uh, bit of an ankle injury and now with the dislocated kneecap and uh, having a, a poor defense, you know, it's not looking as, as bright for them as everybody thought. You know, they were basically New, New England junior when we were starting the season, and now they're, uh, well, they better hope they win that division because they should win that division. Oh, they should absolutely win that division. Another weird outcome happened in your game where we saw, you know, the Bears defense against the Saints defense, and what do they do? They put up 61 points collectively. Yeah. So well, the, I, in, not, in, not, in not all, the defensive battle that we thought it was going to be. In all fairness to the Bears defense, both the week before against Oakland uh, and then uh, the, the other week against New Orleans, if you're going to be on the field three quarters of the game, you can't, you're going to be gassed. You know, you, you can see it in the pass rush, especially in the second half when, you know, these guys are just gassed. The, the offense can't stay on the field. Mitch Trubisky. Any throw that he makes over 10 yards, he's overthrowing receivers. He overthrew Gabriel and Robinson both by over 15 yards when he had them in the clear. And you can't be doing that if you want to win football games. You know, add that to the O-line woes and Matt Nagy's piss poor play calling. Uh, it's not looking good for the Bears this year. And I thought for sure Trubisky, as long as he took that step forward, we were going to be in the conversation in the NFC. But of course, I have to look up in the standings and see that Gosh darn Packers there. And man, yep. I absolutely hate yeah, the Green Bay well, Packers. Going back to your Bears, though, right? What do we th- when we say Chicago Bears football? I don't mean this year. I don't mean last year. I mean, just what do you think of? Run the damn of football. Linebackers, right? Yeah. And run the damn football. So what did they do this week? They ran the ball seven times. For By the a total way, of 17 yards. That's a franchise right? low. In their history, the Bears have been a team for yeah. 100 years. In their 100 yeah. year history, last week, they ran it their franchise lowest. And get this, too. I love Matt Nagy is for, for this as well. He comes out and says, Of course, I know we have to run the ball more. Does anybody else not see the irony in the guy who calls the plays? Is the guy saying, I know we need to run the ball more? You're calling the plays, call a run play. 
Yeah, well, 52 times they called a pass play. That's how many attempts that Trubisky had. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky I mean, is not just, Drew Brees. He should not be passing the ball 50 times a game. No. No, we should not be. So you're getting um, me fired up already anyway, talking about this already. I'm getting all angry. My bears are yeah, well, just killing me this year. Just killing me. But your Niners are looking good. They're having fun in San Fran again. And, you know, I, I, I've always said it. There's certain teams in the NFL where, you know, you want certain teams to do well because it means the NFL is doing well. And San Francisco is one of those markets where you want to see them doing well. And all the, you know, problems I have with my bears, your Niners are actually playing classic bears football with hardcore defense and a great running game. It's tops and rushing, rushing yards per game. Yeah. In terms of their defense, they have, this is the first time in over a decade that they have both held teams to seven or fewer points and held their offenses to under 200 yards. And they've done it in three straight games. I mean, oh, yeah. that's, that's some gangster shit there, right? Well, the Niners D since week, yeah, since week three, 7.5 points per game allowed, eight takeaways, 13 sacks. That's, that's doing yeah, well. That's and, you know, and Jimmy G, and Jimmy G, by the way, he's, he's doing, he's got a great quarterback rating because he's being efficient. He's not turning the ball over. But he doesn't no, have to throw. For, for, he only threw for 150 yards last game. But but if your running game is going to be like that and your defense is going to get you turnovers oh, yeah. on the other side of the field, you don't have to throw for that many yards. You just have to be efficient with your possessions. That's what the Niners are doing. And you know what, man? Uh, I wish the Bears were 6-0. and They're not. But you know what? I'm kind of happy to see your Niners 6-0. And I've, I've kind of I've kind of found myself rooting for them, which is kind of weird. But well, I thank am. you, Maddie. I appreciate that. Um, but Jimmy uh, G has a new toy this week on the on the uh, on the wide receiver category. Oh yeah, great Emmanuel job Sanders. for Emmanuel Sanders. Great that trade. Was, I mean, that, no, that was a great pickup. Not, I'm not sure what that says about the Denver Broncos uh, situation, but fire you know, sale. We're, we're happy to have him. fire sale. Yeah. Well, you know, you know that Emmanuel Sanders has more career receptions than the rest of the wide receivers in San Francisco combined. You know what? That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, so, thinking how young all those guys are, but, but definitely, yeah, no, definitely agree. Yeah. In the locker room and on the field, so happy to be there. I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the passing of the great Willie Brown this week. Most definitely, uh, the Raiders put out a statement. Uh, the Raiders said that he exemplified the Raiders' spirit. His legendary performance on the field changed the way the quarterback position was played, and his valued guidance as a coach, mentor, and administrator permeated the organization and touched countless individuals both on and off the field, team officials said. Willie's loss will leave a tremendous void, but his leadership and presence will always be a major part of the fabric of the Raiders family. And he played in two Super Bowls. What's that? He brought that silver and black intimidation to uh, to the defensive back position. He was a big bump and run guy, and that was back when you could bump and run a guy all the way down the field. And Willie Brown was a tough tough sob and he played for what was it 13 seasons 13 seasons two super bowls uh famously returning an interception 75 yards for a touchdown in super bowl 11 against the vikings and he looks and throws intercepted by the oakland raiders willie brown at the 30 40 50 he's going all the way old man willie touchdown raiders well rest in peace old man willie let's get to our news of the week 
The NBA is implementing a zero-tolerance policy for abusive or hateful behavior. The league is changing and toughening its code of conduct for fans, especially putting those in closest proximity to the players and the court on alert that anything over the line will lead to ejections and possibly more. Jerome Pickett, the NBA's executive vice president and chief security officer, said, quote, we've added any sexist language or LGBTQ language, any denigrating language in that way, anything that is non-basketball related. So your mother comments, talking about your family, talking about test scores, anything non-basketball related, we've added that in and we will be pulling out offending fans out of their seats and we will investigate what happened. Test scores? Are you serious, Maddie? Like you've got a guy making 20 mil on the court and he had sub-1,000 SAT scores. You can't make fun of that? Yeah, and well, what's the fun of smack talk if you can't tell your favorite yo mama jokes? I thought everything was going to be cool as long as you didn't trash talk China. China. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Well, no, no, you go first. What's your favorite yo yo mama joke? My favorite yo mama joke? Well, let's go football. Yo mama's so stupid. She brought a spoon to the Super Bowl. How about you, buddy? Yo mama so damn hairy that Bigfoot take pictures of her. <laughs> Michael Strahan and his ex-wife, Jean Strahan, have been entrenched in an ongoing dispute over the custody agreement for the couple's 14-year-old twin daughters, Sophia and Isabella, with Jean arguing that Strahan owes her more than $547,000. TMZ reports that Jean thinks the Fox NFL Sunday co-host should be on the hook for half of the $450,000 she spent paying for equestrian lessons for the former couple's daughters over the past three years. Well, we know he didn't squander that money at the orthodontist on some Invisalign. And by the way, who the hell drops 450K in three years on equestrian lessons? What, are they riding American Pharaoh? I'm a horse, not a guinea pig. Henry Thomas, best known for his role as Elliot in the 1982 film E.T., The Extraterrestrial, was arrested Monday in Oregon, police said. Jennifer Massey, public information officer for the police department, told CNN that of a concerned passerby called police about a suspicious-looking vehicle that was stopped in a lane of travel. Subsequent investigation by the officers resulted in Thomas, 48, being arrested and charged with driving under the influence of intoxicants. Yeah, it looks like his buddy E.T. should have phoned Uber. E.T. Phone. Uh, doesn't this kid, anyway, have a bike that could fly? Why is he driving a car while he's all heft up on goofballs? How's the kite, everybody? Goofballs. We may have already discovered the essence of life on Mars 40 years ago, according to a former NASA scientist. In the experiment, Viking probes placed nutrients in Mars soil samples if life were present. It would consume the food and leave gaseous traces of its metabolism, which radioactive monitors would then detect. NASA concluded that they found a substance mimicking life, but not life. A substance mimicking life, but not life? To me, that sounds like Dan Snyder. Or maybe it was just Sam Darnold seeing ghosts again. Seeing ghosts. I see dead people. All right, it's time to fire it up with our weekly picks.
Our first game Sunday afternoon, we head over to jolly old England, where the LA Rams are technically the home team as they face the Cincinnati Bengals. Rams 13-point favorites over the Bengals. And uh, what do you think about this, man? Uh, the Rams being 13-point favorites, their defense hasn't been that great, and their offense, yeah, they've, they've been able to put up points, but could you see Cincinnati getting a backdoor cover here? No. <laughs> Short answer, no. So bad. No, 13 is a big boy number, especially for the NFL. Um, you know, the Rams, you know, learned from other people's mistakes, i.e. the Chicago Bears. They stayed on the East Coast, and I believe they went over relatively early in the week. Uh, yep, they're not at Tottenham Stadium uh, this time. They're at Wembley Stadium. I don't think that much matters to either team. But now you've got Sean McVay going against his old quarterback slash wide receivers coach, Zach Taylor. Now, I just wish people would stop it about talking about Sean McVay's coaching tree. The guy's 34 years old. He's not even old enough to be the president of the United States. I've got stuff in my fridge older than him. Yeah, I've got, I don't have socks older than him. I have holes in my socks older than him. You can't have a coaching tree tree until you hit 50. Yeah, and yeah, at least one Super Bowl ring. I'm sorry. Um, and so I don't really see McVay taking his foot off the gas here with Zach Taylor just because they're buddies. And so just to tell you the state of where the Bungles are at. So Cordy Glenn, uh, alignment of theirs, was sidelined for two months due to a concussion that he self-reported back in the preseason. But now he's been cleared by their doctors and saying that you're good to play. And he said, no, I'm not good to play, and I'm not going to. They fined him $200,000 for behavior detrimental to the team this week. Yeah, no joke. And uh, one source explained that things got heated on Wednesday. Glenn and a member of the Bengals coaching staff argued, quote-unquote, a witness thought that at one point it was going to turn physical. And Glenn eventually told Coach Zach Taylor just to cut him. So well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, right man, now. where we're at in this world with head injuries, if a player yeah. says he can't go, he can't go. That's exactly. it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It's nice to be able to sit in your nice, warm coaching office and say, oh, no, you're feeling fine. Hey, man, if he still feels like he's foggy in the head and he's got concussion sy- symptoms, then he sits out. Period. Amen. Really, do you think? The NFL has been on the right side of this particular issue that often. Not often. Not often. They are the legal league of denial, according to Frontline. So think about the Rams right now. They've got the 49ers ahead of them in the standings at 6-0. and They've got Seattle ahead of them in the standings. And they've got Arizona breathing down the neck in, in that division. So they're going to want to keep it up. And usually these games in England are not that close. No, you're right. Um, usually get blowouts when there's a big discrepancy in talent. And not only is there a discrepancy in talent, there's a discrepancy in coaching, and there's a discrepancy in attitude. There's a discrepancy everywhere you look between these two teams. And I'm not scared of laying thir- 13 points at a neutral site. I'm sorry. The Bengals just suck. Well, speaking of the Bengals, here's how much they suck. I got some stats to support that assertion. Uh, first of all, Joe Mixon, who's an awesome running back, he's gone four games with fewer than 20 rush yards this season. Andy Dalton's lost his last 10 straight starts. That's the second longest active streak in the NFL. 
Uh, and on their defensive side, five running backs have gained 100-plus scrimmage yards a game versus the Bengals, and their D is allowing, on average, 189 rush yards per game. That's the most by any team since the 1980 Saints. That is mind-blowing. Wow. So Bengals uh, on the injury front, Bengals AJ Green, AJ Green is doubtful. Rams Clay Matthews is out, uh, and also the Bengals three and four against the spread. LA five and two against the spread. Although we know that a lot of the times those numbers get thrown out when we go overseas, and I agree with you that uh, usually they're blowouts over there. And if there's going to be one of these teams blowing the other one out, I'm taking the side of the LA Rams. I'll lay those thirteen points. <laughs> When the Saints come marching in, well, for our next game Sunday afternoon, we get back to North America and we head to the Big Easy, where Nowlands is laying ten and a half points to the visiting Arizona Cardinals. But you know what? New Orleans should not take Arizona lightly. They've been uh, they picked it up this year. Uh, Arizona has picked it up this year. So please raise your hand if you had Chase Edmonds in your fantasy pool last week. No one? No one? <laughs> no one. Okay. Well, he had 150 yards and three touchdowns against, albeit the Giants. But, uh, you know, picking up where David Johnson's sort of falling off the map there. Um, they're playing well. And I think they made a, a good first-round draft pick in, the, in Kyler Murray. Oh, I, I think uh, Kyler Murray's doing well. I still have questions about his durability. We haven't seen him take too many shots, which also means he's been smart. He's been sliding and getting down when he needs to. Uh, but I, I do still wonder about his durability, and that that question will still probably be there until he's in his third year. And, I, you know, I've seen him play a couple years and take every snap under center. Uh, uh, the Saints, though, uh, they've allowed four rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. So I expect Kyler Murray to maybe uh, naked bootleg one in there, eh? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the talk of the town in New Orleans isn't Teddy Bridgewater, although he's uh, nothing but, done nothing but cover the spreads, but it's their defense that's playing really well. Oh, they've been now, let's take great. Now, let's, let's take a little closer look at their secondary this week. So, defensive back Eli Apple is uncertain with a knee injury. Defensive back Patrick Robinson is questionable with a hamstring injury. Defensive back P.J. Williams has been suspended until week 10, violating the league's substance abuse policy. So, when you see cluster injuries like this, what does that mean, Matty? What happens? Well, the defense takes a little bit of a beating normally. Right, but they're drawing players now off special teams. Yeah. So these special teams players that are just usually playing in one unit. So look look for Arizona to have a special teams touchdown here. Um, I kind of see that happening. Might be a good uh, idea for a prop you know, bet. Ten and a half points. I think it's an excellent idea for a prop bet. So I'll have to see what the odds are when they come out probably tomorrow. Um, I'm calling backdoor Betty, aka Kyler Murray, and I think there's a wide open door here for a back, backdoor cover. And I just, despite the fact that New Orleans, New Orleans is playing as well as any other team in the league right now, I think ten points is too much on this surging Arizona team. Yeah, I think ten and a half points is a lot as well. Um, one thing I forgot to mention about uh, Kyler Murray, and good for him. Uh, he has the second highest passer rating by a number one overall pick in his rookie season in the common draft era, eighty six point one right now. So, but 
Wow. Let's let's temper our our enthusiasm for their win streak. Uh, the three game win streak they are on. They've beaten the Giants, the Falcons, and the Bengals. <laughs> so not exactly the who's who of the NFL's upper echelon. However, it is still a three game win streak. Uh, Alvin Kamara is questionable. Uh, interesting enough, Breeze uh, seems to be he's back throwing the football, back practicing. I still think it'd be a smart idea because Bridgewater's doing so well behind center uh, for Sean Payton to sit Breeze this week, let Bridgewater go again. He hasn't lost a game. Give give Breeze that one more week. The guy is in his forties, right? You know, let him heal up a little bit more. Uh, oh, for sure, right? Uh, the The Cardinals are five and two against the spread this year. I. And and if you're going to give me ten and a half points against with a team that's five and two against the spread, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take those points for sure. I'm taking Arizona, and I, I guess you are as well. Yes. Many teams will try, but ain't nobody did it. Dope is us. We Tennessee Titans, so ain't nobody coming close to us. And I bet you still thinking that you better, though, homie. You just an amateur. Me and my dudes profess. On to Music City, USA. Where the Tennessee Titans are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, Tennessee Titans, two and a half point favorites at home. And uh, how about Ryan Tannehill coming in for Marcus Mariota? Maybe we all overlooked him because, you know, the problem with Ryan Tannehill is he had to play. He had the unfortunate position of having to play for the Miami Dolphins. And maybe that's what was wrong with them this whole time. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, come on. They they beat the Chargers last week. The Chargers. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a team try to lose so badly in the last seconds of a fourth quarter in my life. Like you give the ball to Melvin Gordon, he fumbles it, then recovers it. What do you do? You give it to him again. Fumbles <laughs> it again. I mean, it was brutal. I was. I mean, I was. I was pissed, man. I we had, I had the Chargers and. The, by all rights, they should have won that game outright. Tennessee was lucky. Now, I think that's one of the, on the games tip, we agreed on last week, too. I, I think I had the Chargers the as we well. I did not think and Tennessee. One, uh, one of the things that you have to, you know, clap your hands together for Roger Goodell, you know, th- that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team went overseas and showed the wonderful people of Great Britain just how bad Jameis Winston is throwing five interceptions in that game oh Jameis Winston middle of the field and intercepted he overthrew Evans and Sean Williams has the pick for the Bengals Jameis being Jameis oh Jameis no no, but this is also a Jameis thing when he has a bad game like that he usually bounces back with a great performance next week and I'll give you a stat that probably will floor you do you know who's number one against the rush in the league allowing 68 yards a game no your t- your Tampa Bay Buccaneers is it really the Bucs? And that's that's actually yeah, and that's more than six yards better than New England is. That is shocking. Because so Derek, Derek Henry is one shut down. Derek Henry is one of five running backs with five hundred plus rush yards and five TEs this year. So you're thinking that might offset. Well, he's, he's not. He's not going to add to that too much this week. Um, the Bucs will take that down. And I I just love the spot for Tampa Bay. Um, See, I don't. You know, they're because- coming off a bye. See, the Bucs are facing a backup quarterback for the fourth time this season. You know what their record is? 0-3. Yeah, the backup quarterbacks have been doing really well this year. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill did pretty damn good last week, and now he's at home. Tennessee's got a pretty darn good defense, too, and the Titans 4-1 and one against the spread this year. Now with two and a half points, that's not a lot of a spread. Uh, but And I can see some action coming in on Tampa Bay, so I'm thinking that it might be better to wait till closer to game time when this spread probably moves to uh, Tennessee minus two even. I, I like mm. the – no, you don't think so? Either way, even at two and a half points, I like the Titans in this position here at home. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it famous like Jamison. I'm going with the Bucks. This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Up next, we head to Lucas Oil Stadium, where Indianapolis is playing host to the Denver Broncos. Indy laying five and a half points. And uh, how about Joe Flacco and his non-elite status? Uh, he's had one or fewer pass touchdowns in eight of his last nine games. Is it time for me to quit calling Flacco Fluco? I think I'll wait one more game. Honestly, I, I think they could hear me in Denver yelling through the television screen last week, trying to watch that game on primetime. That was just brutal. I don't think oh. I've ever seen a team play that poorly. Yeah, that was hideous. And that was, you know, that's after Mahomes goes down. You figure, oh, oh, they got a shot here. Mahomes goes down. No, no. I mean, their defense didn't even play well against uh, against Moore. Moore, yeah. They, there's no Moore beat them, not Mahomes. And that's Correct. that's that's and they beat themselves. They beat themselves. That was brutal. Yeah, it was. So that was a very hideous mean? performance. <laughs> uh, and and you know, Indianapolis. Big win against Houston. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Indy, so I'll tell team. you this. Frank Reich has my vote for coach of the year this year. I know we've got Sean oh, Payton. Sure I know we've got guys like Bill Belichick, who's always in the conversation. I'm telling you this. Frank Reich is coaching them up. After Andrew well, Luck he's left. Well, lemonade out of lemons, right? Yeah. You yeah. lose Andrew Luck at the beginning of the season. Now you're at the top of the division, and it's at the end of October. Yeah, and they've got That's some big impressive. time wins to their names too. It's not like they've been beating, you know, the Dolphins all the time, like and then the Jets, like the Pats have. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. How many people beat the Chiefs in Kansas City? In fact, what's really funny about this is uh, the Colts right now are above five hundred through six games for the first time since twenty sixteen. Not even Andrew Luck has done that in the last few years. Uh, it was an excellent game for Jacoby Brissett. It's probably the best one of his career so far. You bet. Now, Maddie, just so our listeners know, you and I both attended the same school of business and economics together. Yeah, and what Laurier, is the one thing they tell Hawks, you about go, buying baby. equities? What's what, that? What's the one thing they tell you about buying equities? Well, you got to buy low, buy low and find, and find value. High. That's right. Buy low and sell high. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closes only. Can you be as low as anyone could be after watching that Denver game? Well, they are And then pretty watching low. the way Indies played, right, for the last few weeks? Yep. Hmm. It's only five and a half, but I like Denver here. And let me tell you why. Because Let's you're high? Look. You must because be high. I'm high. Yes. I'm, must be high. Let's take a look at the Colts defense here. They are 19th in the league in rushing yards, rushing yards allowed per game at 111. They are 27th 
in the league in yards allowed per rush attempt at 4.9. By comparison, the Dolphins are allowing 4.7. So their their defense in yards per attempt is worse than the Dolphins. And Denver's got Philip Lindsay. I know he lives at home with his parents, and he'll be away from mommy and daddy this game in Indianapolis. Man, yes, huh? More hot pockets right away, huh? But I, I just I think that. The whole public is too much in love with the Colts, and I, I think this is a great spot for Denver to bounce back here. I I can't, dude. I I cannot see this. I mean, the, no way. Okay, let's do even a quarterback comparison. Flacco, six touchdowns, five interceptions this year. Brissett, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. And that stat you quoted was just for the rushing yards. Their passing defense is pretty good, and they played some really good passers. This is the secondary that was able to stop Patrick Mahomes. And now they're playing Joe Flacco, and they're at home. And I'll tell you this, Vaughn Miller ain't going to be coming down anybody's throat this season. In fact, he's had uh, only 2.5 sacks. This is his worst year on record thus far. Um, the Broncos... Well, he'll be coming down Jacoby Brissett's throat this week. Training with your uh, trainer on your own and on Instagram is not, you know, the same as Von Miller coming down your throat. Yeah, well, I don't think he's going to be coming down anybody's throat. However, four of the Broncos' seven games this season have been decided by one possession. So that five-and-a-half-point spread does, does come into uh, effect there. And uh, interesting enough, too, in my research, I found out T.Y. Hilton hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game since week 16 of 2018 which is kind of bizarre as well. I'm he looking, misses Andrew Luck. He, he does. misses Andrew Luck. But I'm looking Brissette for him to get break out. like Luck did. No, he definitely doesn't. But the Colts, 4-1-1 one, one against the spread. Broncos, 3-4 and four against the spread. Uh, I know you're going Broncos here. I'm screaming. I'm screaming Colts. Down to hot Atlanta we go. Well, where the hot Atlanta Falcons are just playing a hot mess. Uh, they're playing host to the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. And uh, this line's off the board more than likely because we, we still don't know whether or not Matt Ryan is going to be playing as he is listed as questionable. Uh, and I have a hard time picking this spread as well. I'm staying away from this till I find out the actual truth about uh, the truth about Matty Ice as well. Because although he hasn't had the greatest year, um, he's better than Matt oh, Schaub. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's yeah. all right. Oh, yeah. But he's better than Matt Schaub, and wasn't that's their Matt backup. Schaub around since isn't wasn't Matt Schaub playing during the merger? Like how old is that guy? <laughs> he is pretty old, especially <laughs> with that receding hairline. He looks like he was around when uh, well, Vince no, Lombardi he, he and Tom Landry were coaching the Giants. <laughs> no, he came in in two thousand and four, the same year that uh, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Eli Manning came in. But anyway, he's he's not. He, he, there's not much mileage on that guy as as there are the other dudes. But I, some books have this at three minus three and a half for Seattle, which sounds about right. Um, yeah, you know Seattle's covered eight of their last road games. They play really well on the road. They do. Um, now Gold here's Warriors. So wh what are you telling your team, uh, as Arthur Blank did when he got rid of Mohamed Sanu and traded him to the New England Patriots? You're telling them my season's over and we're looking to next year already. Right, and now 
in that position as a coach, are you going to be starting Matt Ryan? Oh, definitely not. I, I, I agree like, with you. I think Matt Ryan is going to be out this week. Well, and also they're going into their bye for next week, right? So yeah. give the guy two weeks off to recover. Um, I'm picking Seattle here, but I'm also going to do another prognostication. And I'm going to guess that after they lose to Seattle this week, Dan Quinn gets the, uh, gets the, the pink slip there. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I, yeah you know, even I even see though that. they he, said that they weren't going to do it. I just, they have to do something because I mean, that de- I'm not putting it on Matty Ice. That defense is as bad as you're going to see in the league. Um, they have, of the seven games they've played this year, they've not covered the spread for six of them. Now, I know they don't care about the spread, but guys like us, we do. You bet. I, this line can't be high enough. I, I, I'll i take Seattle all day. Yeah, I, I like Seattle as well. Uh, another key injury for the Falcons is cornerback uh, uh, Desmond Trufant. He's out. Um, also, yep. Russ Wilson, 29-7 and seven following a loss in his career. And uh, the mm-hmm. the Falcons are allowing thirty one point nine points per game. That's second most in the NFL. You think that a guy like Russ Wilson, who's an MVP candidate right now, isn't going to light up that secondary for some scores? Oh, oh. I, activate I, Tyler Lockett this week if you haven't already. Yeah, activate anyone on your seat. Like I mean, any Chris of your Carson, Seahawks receivers. Don't, yeah, don't just, worry about it. Exactly. I I like Seattle in this point as well. Like really the only losses they have this year are to Baltimore and New Orleans. Those are two really good teams. Those are upper echelon NFL teams this year. Atlanta definitely not one. I know Seattle definitely needs to this win cuz they want to keep pace with your 49ers and also the you know you've got the Cardinals and the Rams in that division. So the NFC West is is uh they, they've it's really hot, got baby. It. it's hot like it man. is hot it's very hot and and these teams have to win to keep pace with the Niners so I'm I, I'd say Pete Carroll and his Seahawks go into Atlanta and I agree with you this line as long as it stays under 10 points I'm looking to uh the Seahawks to cover one two three go Bills go Bills go Bills all right Bills Mafia how hot are you Seven and two in your last nine games dating back to 2018. And you got a beat up Philadelphia Eagles team coming to town. So uh, Buffalo's laying one and a half points at home. And that spread seems a little odd. I actually thought this spread should be about three, three and a half for Buffalo. And I guess really? there's an, I, I, yeah, I do. I, the, the way the Bills are playing. Think about Philadelphia and what their offense has done this year. And think about Buffalo's defense and what they've done this year. I cannot see Philadelphia's offense putting up a lot. Now, I mean, I, I understand that Buffalo is not putting up a ton of points either on offense. But, man, their defense is hungry. I, I can't see Philadelphia coming in there on the road. Their third road game uh, uh, in a row. I, they, I, I can't see them doing it. No. And let's look who they've played in those that three-game stretch, or including Buffalo. So they played the Cowboys on the road, then they played the Vikings on the road. Now they're coming into Buffalo. Now, Buffalo came off a bye week and had a pretty slow start against the Dolphins. In fact, they were losing going into the fourth quarter. They did. Uh, but they did right the ship. Um, and other than that, you know, their only loss was to the Patriots. And had it not been for a, you know, a punt being, um, being blocked and taken in for a touchdown, they would have won that game. So, yeah, yeah you're right. They are playing really well. 
And Philadelphia, let me just look at, let me just read their uh, injury report here. Um, yeah, so Hazan Ridgeway is defensive lineman out with an ankle injury out for the season. Jason Peters, guy you may have heard of before, uh, he's week to week with a knee injury. Corey Clement is on the um, injured reserve list and out indefinitely as a running back. Darren Sproles as a running back is sidelined. Deshaun Jackson's not going to be playing as a wide receiver. They add up. And when you're on the road, man, and you're banged up like that, it's going to be a tough grind. You know, look for Bills Mafia to have a field day with these Eagles fans, too. Um, I'm going I'm going Bills. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the Bills are for real. I got to temper it a little bit, though, as uh, five their five wins have come against teams with a combined record of, a, of six and 27. However, that's not their fault. They play in the AFC East, where only the Patriots really normally have a winning record. I mean, they get to play the, the, or the Jets it, and the Dolphins, all. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. Uh, Philly, though, this is where I'm expecting Josh Allen to step up. Philly's allowed a 100 plus yard receiver in six of their last seven games, and they can't do it on the ground. Uh, So the Bills defense doesn't really have to worry too much about the rush game because Philly hasn't had a 100 yard rusher since week four of 2017. That's the longest active drought in the NFL. Bills four and two against the spread this year. Philly two and five against the spread this year. And Buffalo's only laying one and a half points. As long as this stays under a a field goal, I'm in. All right, this next game is probably going to depress me. My uh, Chicago Bears. Stop, Bears. Uh, they're laying four points against the visiting L.A. Chargers. And uh, something that tells me the L.A. Chargers visiting Soldier Field is uh, just what the doctor ordered for uh, the Chicago Bears to try to right the ship on offense because Mitch Trubisky just does not look like he's got confidence in himself. And also, it doesn't look like the organization has confidence in him as well. And I just don't understand why they're not running the ball. Like we we talked about earlier in the show, seven rushes for an entire game on a Bears team? That is so unbears like it's disturbing. They gotta they gotta run the ball. They well, need this they need time of possession to keep that defense off the field a bit so that when they get out there, they're fresh. Oh no question. They need to own the clock. I thought I, I thought I was being quite clever last week taking the Bears. So did I uh, against the Saints. Um, I heard a lot of sharp money was coming in on Chicago. You know, even at over a field goal on the road. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, certainly on the wrong side of that one. And you know, you can get in the head of Mitch Trubisky saying he's not playing with coffins. He's just not a good quarterback, Matt. Dude, he's one he horrible of, decisions. He's one of two quarterbacks averaging fewer than 5.3 yards per attempt. The other quarterback's Josh Rosen. That's what company wow. he's keeping. He's in with nice. a Dolphins quarterback. He's got mixed with a bad crowd, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, they're averaging under 200 yards uh, a game this season for passing yards. Uh, 
That's brutal. Only well, Miami, think- Washington, and the Jets have fewer. And that's a combined two and seventeen record. Of the lineup last week for the Bears, obviously the most conspicuous absence was that of Akeem Nex, who's still out this week. Oh yeah, he's a big loss. Um, that's why the Bears were having a hard time with the run. He's a big, yeah, I mean, big he was piece clearly the, the leader of their defense, regardless of the other guys' names on their defense, which is a really great defense. Um, that guy was the one that you know calling the plays, telling him what to do, firing him up on the sidelines, and and he's out again. And, you know, the Chargers really don't have a home field advantage. Um, they play really well on the road. Four points, Matty. I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. Okay, here's where I get depressed, okay? How often do you hear me pick against mm-hmm. the Bears? I don't think I ever have uh, on never, this show, fact, have I? I don't think ever in your life you have. No. Okay, well, here's the thing. The Chargers, all their losses this year have been by one possession. They're nine and three away from home since 2018. That's pretty sweet, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the Chargers yep. have only a .286 win percentage, despite having a point differential of only minus one. That means that things have to turn around. And the way the Bears have been playing on offense this year, a guy like Philip Rivers, who's arguably headed to the Hall of Fame when he's when he's done. Uh, even though Brock Osweiler has more rings, <laughs> uh, I, this <laughs> this this pains me to say this, Andy. You have to understand that my heart is being ripped out of my chest. But oh I'm, man, don't gonna, say it, Maddie. Don't say it. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Do you want me to say it for you? I'm going to go with the Chargers. You're going to go with the Chargers. You're going to go with the Chargers. You're going to go with the Chargers. I think Joey. I think Joey Bosa needs to keep up with his brother Nick Bosa on the 49ers in terms of sacks. So. Look for him to have a good day. And I'm sorry you had to do that to yourself. And, and, and can, I, can I just say this as a Bears fan? Just one. Like, I was born in 1977, so I'm kind of dating myself here. But just one. No, you're exactly dating yourself, Matty. I, I, ex- you, are, you are correct. I am exactly dating myself. But just once in my Maddie's lifetime. Matty's birthday next month, too, by the way. So do the math. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just once in my lifetime. Just once. I'm not asking for a lot here. Once in my lifetime, I would like a quarterback that's in like the top. It doesn't even have to be top three. Let's say top 10 in the league with a defense like this. And we're in the conversation for a contender. But, you know, my entire life, I've had to talk about Sid Luckman, who didn't even play when I was alive. You know, at least you as a Niners fan, hey, at least the, you as a Niners fan, Jim yeah, Joe Montana, and then Steve Young comes in right after Montana. And you had like Colin Kaepernick took you to a Super Bowl. You got Jimmy G right now. Why can't my team have one? Just one. Because even Jim McMahon, when he won the Super Bowl, was just serviceable. They just had a ridiculous defense and Walter Payton in the backfield. They didn't even need anybody, really. You could have had my grandmother behind center. They still would have won that Super Bowl. Just once in my life, Andy, once I want a quarterback. Just once. Well, you, you mentioned Steve Young. H- him and Jim McMahon were actually teammates together at BYU. BYU, yeah. Um, and McMahon had a stellar career there in college. He did. And he's got one Super Bowl ring, but you can thank the rest of the team for that. And Dicka. And Dicka. They all have the exact same amount of Super Bowl rings as Brock Osweiler. Give me one second. I'm going to have another fucking drink. 
another vodka soda. Give me a second. <laughs> I just picked the Chargers over the Bears. I need a, I need a drink. Listen, pal, maybe you haven't heard. I'm the guy in old Detroit. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. Your renaissance and waterfronts give you a flair of your own. All right, let's stick with the NFC Norris as uh, the Detroit Lions are at home this weekend and uh, they're hosting the New York Giants. Detroit laying seven points. And man, Detroit being seven point favorites, you'd almost think they have a good team this year. You would almost think that until you look back at their scores of the games. I mean, they barely lost their last three games. They probably should have won all three well, of them. Well, they should um, definitely should have won the one in Green Bay. They got jobbed by the officials. And let's look at Detroit. They, they got both, these, both these teams are on a three-game losing streak. But let's look at who the teams have lost to. Detroit's losses were to Minnesota, <laughs> Green Bay, and Kansas City. Three good teams. The yeah. Giants lost yeah. to Arizona, New England, and Minnesota. Three decent teams as well. But uh, Danny Dimes in his last three games, buddy, 197.8 pass yards per game, four touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a 64.8 passer rating. And by the way, since week three, he leads the NFL in giveaways, 11. Doesn't surprise me, but now he's got Saquon Barkley back for the second game and Ingram. So he is game. listed as questionable. Yeah, but, and although, but he should go, right? Yeah, he should be back go. in the lineup. Yeah. So Detroit is seven point favorites here. Of all their wins so far this year, not one has been been more than a field goal. Yep. Just saying. Now, right now we got Carry on Johnson. He's out on the IR with an injury. Uh, Darius Slay is a Pro Bowl cornerback for the Lions, and sometimes we say the bungle's gonna bungle. Well, the Lions lined here this week, and what yeah, did Lions they do? Darius Slay, their top defensive back out. They traded. Quandre Diggs to Seattle, so you're you're without your best uh, defensive back, and then you get rid of your maybe your second or third best. And so, don't listen to me. Here's what guys on the team tweeted out. I'll read it verbatim. Darius Slay actually did two tweets. First one, uh, what the fuck? Second one, this is some bullshit here. Jamal Agnew, another cornerback. No. And Snacks Harrison, he tweeted out, wow, no way. So the Lions are going to lion. And I really like the Giants here. In fact, you know, I know you've got the Nomer money line, Maddie. But if you want a money line, a big dog this week, look to the Giants. Dude, um, Detroit's you, just. You're stealing my thunder. That? You're stealing my thunder because I was honestly going to. No. I can't believe you called it. I, I, I was going to say this is a possible look at a good money line play. Uh, and there's they're yeah. not just not just the cornerback play supports this, but um, the Lions are the only team this year with a losing record that average 380 plus yards per game on offense. There's eight teams that do. There's one of eight teams and they're the only team with the losing record. Why? Because their defense is pretty piss poor. And that's why these games have been so close because they've been scoring points. Problem is, they've been allowing points, right? Uh, they've allowed, also, with Saquon Barkley being back, and I agree with you, although he's listed as questionable, I, I agree with you. I think he's back. The Lions have allowed 10 scrimmage touchdowns to running backs this season. That's tied for most in the NFL. And, I mean, Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley. That dude's going to get his because yep. he is a man-child. 
and he is going to run wild. And if they can control the clock, keep the hand, keep the ball out of uh, out of uh, Matt Stafford's hands, especially this game actually could get out of hand. I'm, I I agree with you. I'm I'm going with the New York Giants to pull the upset here, not just cover. Uh, I do have to give a tip of the hat to Matty Stafford, who last week uh, became the youngest player to ever throw for forty thousand yards. Uh, Captain Garbage Time, of course, because they're always playing from behind. Uh, but <laughs> No, it's true though. But hey, forty thousand yards is forty thousand yards, though, right? Can you imagine if that guy actually had a decent defense behind him? What that could give, could accomplish? Unbelievable. But oh, anyway. with, with his stats, they, if he had a, it, let's put it this way: if he was on the Chicago Bears, they would have won two Super Bowls by now. Maybe they should consider a trade within the division. You think that'll happen, Matt? Yeah, I, I highly doubt it. Can we if we unless <laughs> unless we can get Wayne That's a nice thought though. unless we can get Wayne Fonts back as coach GM of the Lions then maybe because that idiot made a lot of stupid moves but I, if Wayne Fonts uh, ain't back wasn't he the winningest coach <laughs> yeah but he's time. the winningest coach for the Lions <laughs> that's, that's- that's like saying that's oh, like geez. saying you're the toughest kid at like Jenny Maroon's school for the autistic. <laughs> Jesus, speaking of like <laughs> this, they're going to Jackson before they're playing Jesus the Jets. Christ. Hey, you, you can't mess with the big cat. Big cats. Look here, this is our house. Uh-huh. Hey, you, you can't mess with the big cat. Big cats. Look here, this is our house. Let's head down to Florida, where the Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the New York football Jets. And uh, while Jacksonville is six-point favorites at home and the Jets, well, they're coming off of a short week off a complete and utter beatdown on Monday night. Uh, I I'm, I actually thought they were going to show up. They covered the spread earlier in week two against the Pats, and oh, then they show too. up last week. And apparently, you know, Sam Darnold's seeing ghosts. He's not seeing, he's not seeing receivers. And Le'Veon Bell, he isn't rushing either because he's got fewer than 100 rush yards in every game this year. When was the last time that happened in Le'Veon Bell's career? No, it's been a while. But, yeah, you're right. It's not Halloween yet. It's a week away, but we're already talking about ghosts. Let's uh, let's see what Sam Darnold told his coaches on the sideline. Seeing ghosts. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. But the Jets have beaten the, uh, the Jags in four of the last five games together. They have, and if we look at the in, if the, we look at the injury report for Jacksonville, now these are yeah. So you got a defensive lineman Marcel Darius who's out. Dede Westbrook is questionable with a shoulder injury, and Marquise Lee, wide re- uh, another wide receiver, is still week to week. So Gardner, did anyone order a pizza? Minshew um, will have a couple fewer fewer targets to go downfield with. Jacksonville's defense. It's playing all right, even without uh, Jalen Ramsey there. But I think that the Jets got such a beatdown to the hands of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and that New England defense that they're going to have a bounce-back game here. And I don't think you're going to be seeing any ghosts on the sidelines. Um, I Okay, you need yeah. to call an Uber I, because like the ET kid, you're high as you wouldn't believe. Are you kidding me? I'm so high right now. 
I have no idea what's going on. Is this uh, that's mm-hmm. I'm not. you watched Monday night's game? They're on a short week, and your take from that is the Jets are going to cover a touchdown against the Jags. The Jags D has allowed fewer than twenty point points four times this season. And let's do a little bit of a quarterback comparison, shall we? Gardner Minshew the second. 61.5% completion, 242.4 pass yards per game, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, 95.7 passer rating. Sam Darnold, ya boy, 59% completion percentage, 197 pass yards per game. That's Mitch Trubisky numbers. Uh, three touchdowns, five interceptions, 64.7 passer rating. He had a three passer rating, by the way, last week. And uh, the Jags, I know you said he's, uh, you know, Minshew is missing some of his targets. He doesn't need targets. The only target he needs is to turn around and hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette because they're averaging 134 yards per game rushing since week four. That's the most in the NFL. And the New York Jets, they can't stop the run. And they're going to face Leonard Fournette. Are you kidding me? Dude. The Jets are two and four against the spread, one and five straight ups. Jags four and three against the spread. Gardner Minshew the second in between starring in 70s porns this week. He's going to make his practices. I, I'm taking the, the Jacksonville Jaguars with the points at home. Are you kidding me? Especially if it stays under a touchdown. I see dead people. New England Patriots. New England. Up next, we head to Gillette Stadium where the New, New England, England Patriots, Patriots play host to the Cleveland Browns. Patriots 13 point favorites at home. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, you know. I don't think they're going to lose this one because Belichick is looking for his 300th career win. And if you want to know anything about Belichick, Andy, just what says it all about him was on Monday night when they're just killing the Jets. It's 24 to nothing with four minutes left in the second quarter. Oh, he's going for his defense to go for the shutout. The camera pans to the sideline and Bill Belichick's got his guys huddled up and he's coaching them up. Like it's a tie game with four minutes to play in the Super Bowl. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy is just plays with a whole different set of rules. And uh, these guys beat up on really good teams as well, or really crappy teams as well. They're five and two against the spread this year, and they've had some massive spreads to cover. Um, yeah, that's because of the level of opposition that they've been facing. Well, they, they play the Jets in the, that list. The Dolphins, Jets. Well, they, they they started playing against Pittsburgh, which was, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was actually sick during that game. Uh, then they go to Miami, uh, sort of a bye week. Um, they go up to New York where they face the Jets. Didn't cover that one. Um, they went to Buffalo and damn near lost that game. Only scored 16 points. Um, had it not been for a uh, that, uh, punt block return, um, then they go down to Washington for another bye week, back up playing uh, to the Meadowlands, playing the Giants, where they just stay there for the week because they played the Jets again the next week. 
Uh, They've got the easiest schedule you know, of all time this year. They so far, I don't, I can't imagine any defensive coordinator not licking their chops. Um, seen against that opposition, they're in Baltimore next week, Maddie. Um, Baltimore's a good team. They're on. They're they'll be off a bye, and you know what that means, Maddie. It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, and we're we're going to, you know, uh, anoint the, the the Cleveland team, uh, the next superpower for the AFC. Uh, let's look at the matchups here: Tom Brady versus Baker Mayfield. I don't think that Tom Brady would love anything more than just to crush that little bastard. And let him know who really is uh, the GOAT of the league. Bill Belichick against Freddie Kitchens? Jesus, are you kidding me? I mean, just look at... They both wear hoodies, but who wears it better? It's got to be Belichick. Well, um, Belichick's nickname is The Hoodie. <laughs> you you got to wear a hoodie. hoodie. You got to wear a hoodie well if people are going to call you The Hoodie. <laughs> Even if it's sleeveless. Even if it's like a sleeveless 21 uh, blazer. Oh, 21 century 21 blazers. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball because we're talking about Belichick. And he's a D guy. That's where he came from. This defense that he's put together is quite possibly, up to this point anyway, the best defense he's ever had in New England. They've held six of seven quarterbacks to under 175 yards and their defense has scored more points, 20, than it's allowed opposition offenses this year. Opposition offenses haven't gotten more mm-hmm. than 18. Who are they playing? Baker Mayfield, whose O-line is a sieve, and he's had as many interceptions this season to this date as Brady had all of last season. I- 11. 11. That is correct. Leads the league. Yeah, leads I mean, the league. The only thing positive I'm going to say about the Cleveland Browns this week is that it's going to be raining in 58 at Foxborough during the game, or that's what the weather says anyway, and we record this on a Thursday, and of course, weathermen are always right when it comes to multi-day weather forecasts. But uh, yes, never what, what they what they get going for them is Nick Chubb, 114 carries this year, 607 yards, 5.3 mm-hmm. yards per carry, and six touchdowns. If they want any chance of of even coming close in this game, they're going to have to ride that horse. But I I really can't see it happening. Uh, I think this game's going to get out of hand, and I'm taking New England with the points. So New England's defense is allowed. Um, Opposing offenses, three touchdowns all season. Not three rushing ones, not three passing ones. Total. Three total. So doing the math, and Maddie, trust me, there's three types of people in this world, uh, people that understand math and people that don't. And if you look at all the metrics, it would suggest that Cleveland would have to score at least two touchdowns to cover that spread. So we can talk about all the analytics you want, all the statistics you could put in a spreadsheet. Let me ask you one question, Matty. Sure. Where was the last place that Bill Belichick got fired from? Has he ever actually gotten fired? Because he left the New York Giants after they won the Super Bowl. And the Jets, did the Jets fire him? I thought he left the Jets. I didn't think they fired him. 
No, they left. He left the Jets, but Cleveland fired him. Oh, that's right. You are. Oh, you know what? I forgot that. Interesting. Yeah, but you know who didn't forget that? You yeah, know who didn't forget that. The guy with the Bill longest Belichick memory ever. That. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Belichick does not forget. Touchdowns on this. You could slap four touchdowns on the spread, and I'm still going with the Patriots. I actually think Bill Belichick looks at the spread every game, and I honestly think that he aspires to destroy it. Like he's, yeah. he is on a different, like I said, man, it, it, everything you needed to know about Belichick was last game. It's the coming toward the end of the second quarter. They're already blowing the jets out and he's literally coaching his team up. Like they're in the super bowl. That is a different kind of cat. He's, uh, he, he, he's playing, he's playing chess while Freddie kitchens is playing circle jerk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Freddie kitchens is playing twister with the rest of the team. And, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm taking the, I'm, I'm taking Belichick and his boys to win this one with the, with the points. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Doug. Texas tatted on my arm Got Houston on my back Cause I love the city I'm from Hands up if you feel that Alright, we head to Houston And uh, the Houston Texans play host To the Oakland Raiders Houston laying 7 points at home But uh, Oakland travels pretty well Don't they? No, they don't travel well They travel a lot they, Yeah, they uh, do fact, travel a lot their, <laughs> This is their 5th straight road game and, you know, since go, having their bye week, assuming they went back to Oakland, which I believe they did, their last home game was September the 15th. Yeah, that would have never happened so they if Al gone, Davis was still alive. Oh, no way. Uh, well, maybe maybe it's got someone someone at the league office doing the scheduling has got something against John Gruden, perhaps um, the Davis family. But, <laughs> you know, they played in Minnesota. They played. In Indianapolis, they played in Chicago, which, well, sorry, not, they played against Chicago in England. Then they got a bye, and then they went to Lambeau Field. You think these guys might be a little bit tired? A Just little a bit. bit? Just a bit. And, and what do we always say about Houston's quarterback, Deshaun Watson? That he's awesome. <laughs> and if his jersey's clean by the fourth quarter, it means they're having a great game. You well, guess it. what team has the fewest sacks in the league? Yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders at 10. Yeah. So... As much as I, I will tip the hat to John Gruden and the way that he's coaching up that sub-talented team, um, just from a scheduling standpoint with the, well, all the travel, I'm taking Houston on this one. I've got a touchdown. All right. Let me at least make a case for the Raiders. All right. Six of Houston's mm-hmm. games this year have been decided by one possession. That's the most in the yep. NFL. Oakland's mm-hmm. beat Indy. They handled the strong Bears defense and came out on top, right? Houston lost mm-hmm. to Indy and has a questionable defense thus far. Also, get this. Derek Carr leads the NFL in completion percentage, 74.1. However, he does rank 21st in passing yards for game. So it's a lot of he's just taking what the defense gives him. Hasn't turned the ball over. And he's over. not even the best car in the family, remember. Not nope. even the best car. He's, the he's like the third best car of all time because we've got – Eric Carr, ex-drummer from Kiss, is the number one car. Then David Carr. And then David, David Carr. David Carr. And then Derek really Carr. So the I know he is the third best car. That is true. <laughs> um, 
Now, Houston uh, running back Josh Jacobs, he's he's doing excellent this year. 92.3 uh, yes, rushing yes, yards per game, fifth in most in the NFL. But uh, the Raiders, man, 500 or better through six games for the first time since 2016. And also, Houston wide receiver Will Fuller is doubtful. And I just with oh, all these one surprise. possession. Stop the presses. Will Fuller's injured for a game. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, man, with Houston's all these one possession games they're playing this year and the way Oakland has been playing and the way Chucky's coaching them up. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to take the Raiders with the points. They're Raiders. Right to San Francisco, we go where we left our hearts. Aww. The Niners play host to the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Niners, five and a half point favorites. And I'm going to be quite honest with you, Andy. This is the hardest spread that I felt I had to pick this week. Actually, it wasn't even that hard for me. Oh, dude, the Panthers have a six-game winning streak over San Fran. Did you know that? Um, I knew something like that. Well, they've had since Carolina's been in the league, they played each other. 21 times and Carolina's covered the spread on 17 of those against San Fran. Also your and boy, George Kittle on tight end. He's quite George Kittle's questionable this week. You think he's going to go? Oh, he'll be playing. Don't yeah. You think so? Well, well now you got Emmanuel Sanders taking some pressure off him. Um, no, I, I think he'll be in the lineup. Um, and San Fran, you know, as, as favorites in their last 18 games, they've only covered the number three times. Well, they didn't cover against. So, they didn't cover the spread against Washington last week, and if I'm not mistaken, we were texting uh, during that game, and that was the Washington mm-hmm. covered the spread without scoring a point. <laughs> and that's only the second time that's happened in the last 25 years, right? So, I mean, yeah, the Niners the other, are the doing it on defense, do it was, but they're not. The only their other offense. team to do that was uh, Miami, who uh, lost three to nothing several years ago. Uh, again, it was a, a divisional game. They lost three to nothing and covered the spread. It was a four and a half point spread, as I recall. So, where are we with this one? Ground yes, and where pound, are ground we? And pound. Yeah, ground where, and pound is right. Carolina's coming off a bye. Yeah, I mean, 49ers are flying high. They're playing really well. They're doing everything right. I don't know. Five and a half seems like a lot. And, um, they're not, they don't cover the, they, they, yeah, they're six and oh, but they've not covered a lot of spreads. And I don't think they're going to cover this one either. Pretty sure they're not going to lose outright, but I don't see them covering five and a half. Yeah, this is going to come down uh, D to D. Uh, since week three, the Niners D has eight takeaways, 13 sacks. That's really good. But how about Carolina since week three? 14 takeaways, 23 sacks. So Jimmy G, when he does drop back, ain't going to have a lot of time to sit back and figure out what he's going to do. And also, here's the real battle. Like, if you want to look at individual battles to watch, the Niners D hasn't allowed a scrimmage touchdown to a running back this season. And run CMC, Christian McCaffrey, has nine touchdowns from scrimmage this year, tied for most in the NFL. I just And where's Christian McCaffrey from, Maddie? The Bay Area. You can imagine he's got yeah. some family and the friends in the crowd. Yeah, I'm 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 with you, buddy. I I don't see I, I don't see a good money line play here going for Carolina, 
but I don't like no. the five no. and a half point spread for San Fran either. So I'm taking the Carolina Panthers with the points. <laughs> All right, to prime time Sunday night where the Kansas City Chiefs play host to the Green Bay Packers and uh, Kansas City right now kind of coming off a couple losses and they're reeling, especially with Pat Mahomes and his dislocated kneecap. Now, I did hear Mahomes was playing this or practicing this week, but he's uh, listed yeah, as doubtful. And I, I mean, if Andy Reid were to play him, uh, somebody needs to take Andy Reid out back behind the the shed and shoot him because you, oh, you Andy not going to play no. him, right? So now Kansas City is four point underdogs, and interesting enough, Aaron Rodgers three and zero in his career versus Andy Reid, including the playoffs. Of course, everybody beats Andy Reid in the playoffs. Everybody beats Andy <laughs> Reid in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, that's a- Aaron- exclusive a club as the Yellow Pages. Yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers as well, though, averaging uh, 343 yards per game since week four. So I guess he and Matt LaFleur are on the same page, aren't they now? Mm. Still don't think so? Well, we'll get to we'll get to Matty LaFleur's page and Andy Reid's page um, and my total properties. I just, you know, OK, ask yourself if Patrick Mahomes were playing, what would this line look like? Oh, it would be KC, let's say, minus three and a half? Yeah, that's what I was thinking exactly. Three and a half, maybe even four. Who knows? Yeah. So do you think he's really means eight points to the line? I yes. realize he's the yes. league, reigning yes. league MVP. Yes, yes. <clears throat> he's worth more than that to okay. the line. Look at what happened when Moore came in for him. They scored all their points with Mahomes. They did nothing but pound the crap out of them even more. No. Disagree. Scored thirty points that game, and Mahomes lapped when it was fourteen to three. Yeah, or fourteen to six rather. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I like. I'm liking the points at home. Wow. Um, Well, really, is Green Bay going to get up for a non-conference road game? Yes. Aaron Rodgers coming off of throwing five touchdowns and rushing for another one, and they are. Looking really good, man. Six and one straight up this year. Five and two against the spread. KC's four and three against the spread this year, and they don't have Mahomes. I mean, I would take this for KC if it was a touchdown. But at plus four, I like like Green Bay's defense. I I yeah I I can't see KC coming out and winning this one. I, I'm taking the uh, Packers. I and by the way, you know the amount of vitriol I have in my heart for the Green Bay Packers. They are the worst franchise in sports history. The absolute worst. They are the biggest losers ever. But, I mean, if I'm betting with my money, I got to take them seriously. And I I do. I, I'm taking the pack. So just so I'm clear, you're taking the pack and you went against the Bears. Okay? Yeah, I know. I disagreed with you on both. I disagreed with you on both. Oh, no, I didn't. No, you didn't um, disagree with me on Chicago, yeah. did you? What, you picked the no, Bears? No, I did not. But I am going to disagree with you on this one. Do you think that on a Sunday night, with a full day of drinking behind them, that that crowd at Arrowhead might be a bit loud? Oh, they're going to be loud. 
You think Aaron Rodgers has ever had a? You think as a veteran quarterback being the guy? Sorry, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. The crowd's too loud. I can't hear you. It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need his ears. Aaron Rodgers can just trust his eyes. He knows how to read a defense. And Kansas City's defense is awful. They couldn't cover a sleeping baby. There's no way. And I actually see this as as you know. I I honestly could see this getting to. 10 14 points by the end of the game. Good for you. I'm torn with the Chiefs at home on primetime, baby. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. And for our last game of the week, it's the Monday Nighter, and the NFL schedulers sure are crap in the bed. Where's the flex schedule here? Why are we having such crappy games on Monday night? Last week, we had the New England Patriots facing the Jets in a blowout that was over by midway through the first quarter. And now we've got Miami at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is laying 14 points at home. And uh, by the way, interesting stat. Pittsburgh's won the second most Monday night games since 1970. Yeah, Mike Tom. I think that's the reason why I think the schedulers got confused on the year. I think they're thinking this is like 1974 or something. Yeah, I think they well, thought Terry Bradshaw was a Terry lot Bradshaw longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Against each other. yeah, this but, is not this is uh, not a good Monday nighter. I wouldn't touch this with your money. This Tom. is not what? This is this no. is not a primetime no, game. I, I wouldn't either. There is a lot of there's been a lot of um public money on miami believe it or not on this game i can see uh, that 14 which is exactly points the reason why it, well it, it opened at 14 and a half now it's down to two touchdowns but you know pittsburgh what have they done to impress you this year anything yeah they've what? won they've Jeez. won with a fourth string quarterback and won convincingly okay. with them at that and their defense is the the number fourth ranked fantasy defense in the league. What's Miami done to impress you this year? How about that well, one? They took they took uh, Buffalo into a fourth quarter lead last week. I mean, that's about the only standout thing that they've done. Yeah, um, at least they, they did, they they did a cover. Plan, right? They covered, but it was seventeen and a half was the spread by game time. Yeah, I, there's nothing about this Miami team that I like. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. No, nothing. And, no. There's nothing, and I agree with yeah. you. There's nothing about this game that I like. I mean, I'm going with the Steelers here, uh, but I'm also not going to bet this game. If anything, I might do a teaser with the over-under and see what's going on there, but I'm not. I'm definitely not going to bet straight up or on the spread. No, I, I think Pittsburgh's going to use this game to, to right the ship. Um, you know, any port in a storm, uh, the port here is Miami Beach. Yeah, I'm. you know what, 14 points. I might have to cash my wise guy card in, but it is on prime time and it is at home. So give me the Steelers land 14 points. Please hang up and try again. This 
time for Andy's Total Prop Tease. And uh, this is a segment whereby Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a prop bet, and finally a teaser. We invite our listeners, you, to do the same thing on our Facebook fan page. And that is Almost Wise Guys at Facebook. A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So, Mr. Prognosticator, take out your Swami hat. Give us your week eight thoughts. Well, for a total, we will go to Florida for the Jets-Jags game. Right now, it's sitting at a very low 41 points. But let's keep in mind the Jets rank last in the league with 10, 10.5 points a game. The Jags are 20th in the league with 20.6 points per game. And the total has gone under in seven of the last eight games in Jacksonville. Um, I'm thinking the score is probably going to look a lot closer to 30 than 41. So we're going to go under on that one. For our prop bet, we will go to Arrowhead Stadium, where you have Andy Reid facing off against Matt LaFleur. What do these guys have in common? They write a great script for about the first 20 plays, and then the wheels typically fall off. My point is, they're going to get off to a hot start. So we're going to take the first half to be higher scoring than the second half. You have to pay a little juice at minus 120, but it's worth it. Lastly, our teaser. We've got the number one rushing defense in the league, Tampa Bay. Tease them from plus two and a half going through the key numbers of two and seven to eight and a half. Houston is playing a Raiders team that has more, more mileage on it in the last two months than Stormy Daniels. We're going to tease them from seven down to one. Once again, to recap, Jets, Jags, under 41, Green Bay, KC, highest scoring half to be the first half, and Tampa Bay and Houston on the teaser. Well, thank you for listening to Almost Wise Guys. Special shout out to Graham Elliott, Program Director of Extra 90.5 in Peterborough, Ontario, for airing this podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 8 games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mommy is yelling no Daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more
Mickey's tortured brow That Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow And now the workers have struck for fame Cause Lennon's on sale again See the mice in their million hordes From Ibiza to the Norfolk broads Blue Britannia is out of bounds To my mother, my dog and clowns But the film is a sad thing for Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be written again As I 